Welcome to the Cool Girls Only Podcast, everyone. I'm Maddie. And I'm Jordan. And today's episode is one of our lovely finance check-ins. Today, we're talking about breaking unhealthy money habits and building healthy a healthy relationship with money. And this couldn't come at a better time, honestly, because I've been spending <laughs> so much money. <laughs> like, oh my God, I know. I feel like I everyone has. Yeah. It's like that time of year, but oh my God, it's, it's bad. We also, we literally yesterday just bought a couch. So, <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting. You guys have wanted a new couch for a while, right? For so long. And I'm so yeah. excited. Like where'd you get the it from? one thing uh, from Floyd shout out Detroit. I have not heard of Floyd before. It's a, Detroit, it's like based in Detroit. It's so was um, the shipping like insane to get it shipped to you. The shipping. I mean, I feel like it's comparable to any furniture shipping. I really yeah. have no idea, but no, it's super cute and it's, you know, a good couch and that's like a big purchase. So I was like dropping some money yesterday, but here we are. It's okay. Um, I listened to this episode this weekend while I was, you know, getting it ready. And I am so excited for January spring savings, spring savings. <laughs> We're doing it. I'm excited you guys do to it every year. We're just you? talking about that. Yeah. We do dry January every year for the month of January. And that January is actually when we start spring savings. And that's, I think last year we did January to March. That's a good yeah. time frame. Because also that's kind of a low key time in general. It's so low key. Like everyone just spent a ton of money for the holidays. No one's in the mood to go out because it's usually like freezing and you're just over it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is good timing. I'm very excited and it is needed. It's so needed. Although my birthday is in February, but I never really do anything super big for my birthday, but maybe a dinner. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to get people out in February because it's in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, let's get into our recs. You want to go first? Yeah. So I have a YouTube video today. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's so exciting. I never do YouTube videos. We love um, to it's see from, it. It's from the financial diet. So I know like you know about the financial diet. I followed it, I think, since like beginning of COVID when I started giving a shit about money um, yeah. and my bad habits. So this is a YouTube video where this one goes through her seven worst financial decisions. I don't think all of them are super applicable to everyone. Obviously everyone, you know, makes your own mistakes, but she goes through a couple of things that I think are really important to know, such as like, um, financial abuse. So that's something that I think like a lot of us talk about, like physical or emotional abuse, but financial abuse is obviously a thing. And like, there are a lot of red flags and she kind of runs through those red flags. So I think it's a good video. You guys should check it out. Wow. Super interesting. Yeah. I'll have to definitely check that out. My rack is something I actually mentioned in the episode briefly. Um, it's a skinny confidential episode with Ramit Sethi, who's an author. He wrote the book. I will teach you to be rich. And the episode is called, I will teach you to be rich renting versus buying investing, saving and financial freedom. So there's so much that he talks about in this episode. And I really liked it. I feel like a lot of financial advice on like different podcasts is hard to follow and it's hard to keep up with just personally, like budgeting and things like that. But I feel like his advice was super tangible and easy to kind of, you know, bring it into your life and 
he had like a different approach and I kind of talked about it in the episode, but it's more like trying, being able to spend more on the things you like rather than cutting back and figuring Mm -hmm. out how to allocate more money to spend on the things you actually enjoy. And just also like prioritization is also super important because I feel like once you know what you like spending your money on, it's easier to kind of to make, to justify your choices. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So it's like figuring out what's important to you is like the first step. And then you can figure out how to allocate more money, how to make more money to continue doing what you enjoy, but it's a really interesting episode. So I highly recommend, and we love the skinny confidential. (laughs) (laughs) So those are our recs and we will get into today's episode. Today, we're talking about breaking unhealthy money habits and building a healthy money mindset, which is one of our favorite topics. <laughs> yeah, we do love talking about money, don't we? Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. And just a disclaimer, we're not financial experts. I don't really think we're going to be giving like financial advice today, but just throwing that out there. We're not financial experts. And this is just our opinions, our experiences with dealing with our terrible money habits. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. I used to have terrible money habits. So let's get into some. What have been some of your not so great habits with money? My worst habit with money is being really impulsive on experiences. Mm. Like I... I don't know. It, it can go both ways. And like, some people might argue that's okay. It's an experience. And like, I have friends who are like, screw it, spend all your money on traveling and concerts and, you know, things that you'll remember and enjoy instead of like material things. But I definitely can be extremely impulsive about it. Like hundreds and thousands of dollars impulsive on like- oh, shit. booking a trip to Europe. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Like I fully would be the type if one of my friends texted me today and said, Hey, let's go to Paris next weekend. I found a flight. It's like $500. <laughs> I would go like straight up. I would go. I'm that type of person. And like, it can be fun. And I've done a lot of traveling mostly because of it. There are also much better ways to like budget and plan and save and be smart about it and intentional um, instead of being impulsive. So yeah. I think that's like my worst money habit that I've been working through. It's definitely gotten better over time, but it's still there for sure. Like mm-hmm. if I see like a random concert going on that I think would be fun and there are no tickets left. So I'd have to get VIP. Like I hey, backstage think about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's a couple hundred bucks out the window, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do think that's better than like you said, material purchases, because that's where it can get really dangerous. If you're like really impulsive with experiences and <laughs> material purchases, yeah. like you just go online shopping every day. Is that's what you do. Is that what you're going to say? I mean, I used I to like used to, but not. Yeah. Anymore. No, I think my I feel like my worst habit that I've overcome has just in general, been not caring about my finance or like not being interested in them, like literally not knowing what's going on on with my finances. I think that's 
a habit that so many people have. Like we just don't, we just kind of ignore it and think everything will be okay. Like we'll figure it out later. That was always my thing. Like I'll figure it out later. Like it'll be something I deal with when I grow up, which I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm an adult. So I need to fucking like, figure it out because it's my money and I need to know what's going on with it. But yeah, I feel like just being oblivious and like not caring about investing, not budgeting and just spending my whole paycheck kind of thing, which is also, I feel like something a lot of people deal with because they just don't have the knowledge or like, don't you get a a salary after you graduate and you just don't like know how to handle that. Yeah. More money than you've ever had in your life and no experience handling money. Exactly. Cause like in college, I, I didn't spend that much because I didn't have that much. Like it wasn't like I was not saving anything in college because like I barely made enough money to buy groceries. So like, I think once I got out into like my first job, I was like, Oh, I can do all of these things. I have money, but like, I wasn't thinking about saving it or just taking control of my finances. Yeah, that's so true. That's something I also didn't take seriously until very recently is like actually knowing what's going on because I think a lot of us think we do know what's going on but you don't like you actually don't know how much money you're spending on coffee every month like you don't know how much money you're spending on groceries every month you think you know and you think you're okay because technically you're not negative and you could pay your your credit card bill this month and you could pay rent so you don't think about it but then you look back and like whatever a lot of like bank apps have all these things that can show you like stats month to month or like year to year. And you're like, holy shit, I spent a lot of money on eating out. Yes. Yes. And like, I, I've definitely seen that. I'm like, oh my God, like how much money can I spend on restaurants? Like I need to chill. So yeah, I think once you know what's going on, it's just easier for you to take control because it, there's nothing worse than feeling like you have zero control over your finances. Like you are like, you've dug yourself a hole and you don't know how know. to get out of it. I cannot imagine having like tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt. I imagine. completely agree. And like, so I actually want to get into like, I think building money habits and like your mindset, I guess, in general around money has to do with your upbringing a lot, like your parents' relationship with money. And so I wanted to ask, like, are there any money habits you think you picked up from your parents? Because it just reminded me because mine is that I'd never been in credit card debt. And I think that's really because my parents raised me to buy things with the money I had available. Like I never had that mindset where it's like, I have a credit card so I can buy this and I'll pay it off later. And like, I'll find a way to get the money. Like I've never been that way. And so I feel like if you're raised in an environment where you're buying, like your family's buying things and they can't really afford them. And that's kind of how you're learning to spend money. So I'm really grateful that I was raised that way because I feel like your upbringing just has so much to do with your relationship with money. Yeah. Oh my God. It has everything to do with how you view money. And I think for me, so like my parents did not, um, have money at all. Like they grew up essentially from the bottom. Like there was a point in their lives when they were living in a trailer, like fully living under paycheck to paycheck, like Mm -hmm. couldn't live paycheck to paycheck. And they've now moved to a point where they're in an amazing financial situation. Obviously it took them 
30 years to do that. Um, but for me, something really vivid, like from my childhood is my parents and my family were affected really, really badly from the crash in 08. Really? So yes, like when that happened, that was very difficult for my parents. And of course they tried to make it so that me and my brothers didn't see what was going on. And like, my parents were always like, didn't really talk to us about money until we were, I would say like late middle school, early high school, when we could like wrap our minds around it and associate value to something. Um, so like when we were young, when that happened, it was like clearly so difficult on them. And similar to you, that has also taught me like later on in life, not to have debt. And that was something that they always talked to us about is like, do not ever put yourself in a situation where you have so much in debt that you can't get out because if the market crashes or if something happens, like you're just fucked, like you're screwed, you know, like you can't even make the monthly payment to like keep going at that point. So I think that's definitely something where like, I think our generation specifically with parents who have experienced the crash when we were younger, we're kind of more likely to be like, I don't know, wary of debt only. Yeah. 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 Very wary of debt. And like, I'm only going to spend what I physically have like in liquid cash. Yeah. And I think it's like getting kind of bad to the point where like on just any website you can do the, you know, Klarna and like those buy now, pay later things. I just feel like that's so problematic. It's like it's so, so problematic. So buy problematic. now, pay later for like a lipstick from Sephora or something. Like no. what? <laughs> Why? You should not be able to make like $5 a month payments on a $20 lipstick. No. If you cannot afford a $20 lipstick, you should not be buying it. No. Like that's it. It's just so problematic to me. I don't even know. I think it's just teaching the younger generation that it's okay. Like debt, debt's normal. You can buy whatever you want and figure out how to pay for it later. And that is like, yeah, that's just not my mindset at all. And like, like I said, I'm just so fortunate that I was able to grow up in an environment where I don't have a terrible relationship with money. And I think everyone has to learn on their own. Like, I'm not saying I'm perfect. And like, I've had terrible money habits, but like you have, you have to like learn that shit on your own, to be honest. Like I had a solid foundation, but like I, once I started getting paychecks, like that's just something I didn't have experience with. I didn't have experience with having all this money. So now I need to figure out how to manage it and like not spend it all. Well, and I think like in my experience, we were taught like from, you know, a youngish age, like this is how much our house costs. And I vividly remember like sitting on my parents' couch and they had this conversation with us where they're like, this is what our house costs. This is what we make every year. Like, this is how we afford to live the life that you're living right now. You know? And if you like this life, then like, that's a similar amount you need to make. And like, they kind of like talked us through in like a very simplified form at the time, like the value of the lifestyle that we're living today. And it definitely like cemented in my head and gave me a different perspective when I went to college because I knew the lifestyle I wanted, you know, I knew that I didn't want to struggle. I did not want to be on food stamps. Like my parents were when they had us, you know, like I didn't want to be in that place ever, you know? So it's like choosing the degree that I got it. You know, I didn't go into marketing just because marketing is awesome. Like I went into marketing because I could make more money in marketing. If I could study art history and live off of a trust fund, I would like, that would be the best case scenario. 
but that's not my scenario. And so like, I have made life choices along the way based off of that conversation I had, because I knew like the type of life I wanted. And I think that's unfortunately a conversation. A lot of people just don't have and don't think about. No, it's such a healthy conversation to have too. Like, I think, I mean, we've already talked about it, but money is a taboo topic. And I feel like even in families, like maybe parents feel ashamed or like they don't want to share any struggles with their kids. And I mean, that's understandable. It's, it can be embarrassing and scary and you might not want to share that, but like, I think being open about it and like, I don't know, it just, it will help them in the future, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's just crazy how much that can stay with you. Like any, and like, you can pick it up. Like if your parents have really bad money habits, that's Mm -hmm. like, that trickles down. That follows you for sure. And like, I've seen it. I've seen it in people I know. And it's like, it's hard to break. It really is. I actually, so I was listening to a podcast episode the other day of the, I love you so much podcast. And she had on the founder of financial gym. Have you heard of it? It's actually really cool. A friend of mine and I actually went to an event there probably in like 2019 or something. Is that like an app? What is it? It is. So it's called the financial gym. I I don't know if they have an app. It's more of like a service. So you can go there and like they, it's really cute. So they call the financial experts trainers. So it's like, it's like you're getting like your like financial fitness Mm -hmm. better. Um, so basically like you work with a trainer and they take a look at like everything you have. They, they look at your debt, your income, just like how you're spending your money and like help you come up with a plan. Like it's really for people who like need help getting control of their finances because in the podcast episode, she was saying how she used to like work at some huge bank and like all of her clients had over like a million dollars in assets or something crazy. Like she was working with these very rich individuals Mm -hmm. and she felt kind of like shitty because she was helping these people. Oh God. What was the example she used? It was like, she was working with a couple and they had like millions of dollars of assets. And they, I think there was like, maybe it was during the crash where they like didn't have as much money as they did, but they still had over millions of dollars. Right. And she's like, I'm just helping these rich people feel better about losing a couple hundred thousand dollars, which doesn't really make a huge impact. And at the end of the day, like she wanted to help people who literally were in like a hole, like mm-hmm. couldn't dig themselves out of it. But in the episode, she really talked about how, how connected your upbringing is with your relationship with money. And I thought yeah. it was super interesting. It's a really good episode to check out. Yeah. Well, and it's like, if you grow up in a home where that's a taboo topic and it's not discussed at all, you probably don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Like you don't know how much your house costs. You don't know how much your parents make. You don't know like what cash flow means and like how that works for you and in your future and like retirement. There's so many topics that if you don't talk about money in your home at all, even in just solely an educational way, it can harm you a lot. And it forces you to have to be super proactive way more so than like you or I had to be, you know, like you and I are proactive and we've learned a lot over the last few years. And like the only people responsible for our money decisions is us. And I think we've done a hell of a job getting our shit together the last couple of years, but like also we had that foundation, like you said. Mm-hmm. So like we're to fortunate. imagine a life. Yeah. Like we're so fortunate and to imagine a life where 
I never had those conversations. I had no idea what, how much groceries cost, you know, and like, I had no clue how all of that worked, then it would just be such a setback, I think. And Mm -hmm. it would be even more difficult to get yourself out of those like holes. Yeah, I agree. It's a cycle. And this also can kind of tie into an episode we've already had, because I think obviously, yes, you want to have those conversations or hopefully you've had conversations like when you were raised and your family kind of exposed you to that, but more conversations you can have is with your partner. If you're in a long-term relationship or if you're just starting out a relationship, I think it's an important conversation to have because you want to know what's going on with other people's finances, you know? And like, if this is someone you see like getting married to or being with long-term, it could be a good topic to get into now rather than later. I know. I feel like Elevist always does like Instagram stories and like posts about that. There's so many women who trust their partner with their money. And at the end of their life, they are screwed and they don't realize what their partner does with their money. And it's just like, oh, it just gives me the goosebumps because I hate that. Like, I hate the fact that like so many women are working their ass off and making all this money. And like, if we don't know how to control it, if we don't know what's going on and who's spending it and how much money we have in general, like that's not okay. Like we need to keep on top of our own shit. And like you said, we do (laughs) have those conversations with your partner so that you're not blindsided when you find out they have 50 grand in credit card debt and you just got married and you can't get a loan for your house. Like, you know, it's so sad. Like those stories are just crazy. I know. I know it. It's crazy. And like, yeah, I think having conversations about it and like, we can get into tips too, because like, if you have bad money habits and like trying to learn about how you can fix them and like feel in control, I think the worst, and I already said this, the worst thing is feeling like you can't control your finances and just feeling like you're catching up and constantly spending money on your credit card bill and like, no, not saving. And just like, where's my money going? I think like feeling in control is such a great feeling. And like, I'm still getting there. I'm still learning every day, but like, I feel way more in control than I like ever did. So what are some tips you have for like breaking bad money habits and having like a, a much better relationship with it? I think, like you said, having control and knowing what's going on is step one. Like don't check your bank account once a month. Don't like, you need to check it more than that. (laughs) Like you need to know how much you have, what's going on. You can't go to Chipotle. I mean, you can, but that would suck. Like don't walk into Chipotle and get a burrito and not know if you have $7 in your checking account to pay for it. Like that is horrible. And like we should be more on top of like, how much is in my savings? What do I have in my retirement account? Like what kind of retirement account should I have? There are plenty of questions that we all have that literally Google, like Mm -hmm. don't feel ashamed to ask someone and don't feel ashamed to literally Google whatever you think is a dumb question. Go for it because there's an answer out there, you know, and like someone will help you get through it and like make those choices. But I think in general, like I know people who just don't know what they have in their account. Yeah. They don't know. That's such a good tip. Do you, do you use mint? No, I don't. I've heard. Oh of my it. God. I am obsessed with it. And I 
will never go back. I keep I keep mint open on my browser. Like just, I keep the tab open always at all times. <laughs> so I always, like, if I go onto my computer, I can check to see what's going on. Like, it's really nice because you can link every account you have. You can link mm-hmm. your loans, your student loans, your credit cards, your bank accounts, everything, literally all of your assets, your 401k. So you can just see your, like, you can literally see your net worth. You can see what's going on. And I love it. And I think, yeah, like knowing what's going on is really important. And once you consistently keep up with it, I feel like it's also more motivating to like want to grow your income and your assets mm-hmm. and like everything. I love a have. nice like chart. Yeah. Yes. Like a nice visual example of mm-hmm. where you stand where and where the you arrow keeps be. going up <laughs> yes. and up and up. And it's kind of like fun and motivating to like, I don't know, save more rather than do I really need to buy this pair of shoes. Like, no, mm-hmm. I probably don't. I think keeping up with your finances is also more motivating to save more and plan for future purchases. Yeah. And like baby steps, like one step at a time, yeah. you know, cause I think in the beginning it feels so overwhelming. Everything does figuring out a budget is overwhelming and it shouldn't be. And like figuring out how to invest is overwhelming. There are so many things you feel like you have to do. And like a lot of us have these super lofty goals for like savings accounts and retirement. I find it way easier for me to grasp and like care about when I break it out, even like by month, like Mm -hmm. just one month at a time, this is what's coming in. This is what can go out. And like, that's how I break it out. Like, I don't have this crazy year long spreadsheet breaking everything out that way, because that's hard for me to wrap my mind around. And like, the amount of savings I want to have at the end of the year, it's hard for me to look at that number and like think that I can get there, you know? So for me, like something that's really helped is have long-term goals, but then break it out to a shorter amount of time so that Mm -hmm. it's easier to just wrap your mind around one step, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like I've set a goal. So when student loan payments start back up next year, I've set a goal to pay it off. I'm not making a payment. I'm paying it off, which is a huge, a huge chunk of money. I've literally (laughs) taken what I'm putting into savings from each paycheck I get. You need to kind of break it down and make it easy for yourself. Like knowing when I get this paycheck, I'm immediately sending this much money to my savings because that's going to go towards Mm -hmm. my loan payment, setting it aside. I'm not touching it. Like it's ready. It's going to like hurt so much, but that's what you need to do. You need to like also find a system that works for you. Like make it easy for yourself because I agree. I'm not, I don't budget which is probably bad. I don't like have a spreadsheet. I can't keep up with that. And it's not sustainable for me. And I know that I think putting it like a certain amount of saving, like what I'm saving, Mm -hmm. that's easier for me to know. So I'm like, okay, I can't buy this pair of shoes this weekend because I need to allocate this money towards my savings type thing. So that's kind of my system. And like, you really just have to find what works for you, honestly. Well, I almost think like, it might even be easier just to get a piece of paper out and be like, this is what comes in. This is how much these main things I have to pay for every single month are take that out. And then at the end of it, you can have how much you're going to allow yourself to spend every month after you put money into savings and all the other stuff that you need to be doing. And it might be easier at that point to be like, okay, I can spend whatever $400 every month on things that I like that Mm -hmm. I don't need to do. Like, Things yeah. that I'm budgeting for to just be fun. And that way it's kind of like, okay, 
You're not like what I'm allowed. Yeah. 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 No, I do the same thing because I wanted to get new clothes for fall. I'm not going to like limit myself. I feel like when, when talking about money and thinking about it, you always think about how much you can be saving and like what you can cut out. I think if you're at a healthy place with saving, it's totally fine to treat yourself and to buy things you want. What's the point if you can't like spend some money, you know, I think if you're at a healthy point where you're, you kind of have control and you're saving and you know, what's going on. I think spending money and buying things you want or buying experiences you want are fine. As long as you're, as you're not like going absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think like, no, if your life has like seasonality to it in the sense that like, for example, Caleb and I, so we have our anniversary, my birthday is in October and then the holidays come up. But then in January, we do dry January. We always get on like a health kick. Mm -hmm. Um, We eat better food. We exercise more. We also spend a lot less money. And that's kind of when we start like quote unquote spring savings. Can't wait. You all should join us this spring. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like in that sense, I know we spend so much more money in these three months, but then we do like dry January, spring savings, and we save a ton of money, you know, and it's almost like having that balance and knowing it in your life when you have those moments of like, let yourself have fun, let yourself go out and spend money and have a good time. And just know that like in January, I am not going out. Like I do not need to spend money on these things, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy it now. That's such a good way to look at it too, because I found personally that when I plan, like when I plan that I'm spending money, like for example, Joe and I are going to Palm Springs in November. When I go on vacation, I want to be able to do everything I want. And I don't want to have like some crazy budget where we can't go do this and stuff. So like I'm saving for that. Like you said, like the next three months, you're going to be spending a lot of money and knowing that and not like making yourself feel shitty about it. Because I feel like when I used to budget, which I didn't really know how, but I would make these crazy budgets where I'm like, I'm going to save this much money, which is like barely livable for me to like, um, like if I save that much, I don't have that much to spend, like even on like groceries and stuff. And like, if I overspent the budget, I would feel like annoyed with myself, but like, I wasn't making it realistic. I think sometimes we don't make it realistic and we want to save more, like contribute more to our 401k or whatever. But if you're not making it realistic, it feels like you're constantly letting yourself down, which can kind of create a toxic relationship with money and saving. So I think when I flipped that and like made it way more realistic for myself and like planned for purchases and planned like, Oh, I'm going on a trip. I'm going to allocate more money than I think I need so I can have fun and like have a good time. Yeah. I think that change for me has been really impactful. Yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. I think these are some good tips. I feel like one last tip that I have for breaking bad money habits is to listen to podcasts and read books. And I really just feel like they're motivating and you can kind of get in that mindset. Like we said, of just like thinking about your finances and like knowing what's going on. Like if you listen to like a good podcast episode where they're kind of giving you new tips or like just talking about healthy money mindsets, I think it really puts you in a great mindset. And I get really motivated from episodes like that. I know we talk about the skinny confidential all the time, but there was a really good one I listened to recently about money. It was with God, what's his name? I think his name is Ramit. He, he wrote a book called, I will teach you to be rich. 
and he had some really good advice and it was like a different approach. I feel like a lot of approaches about money are like cutting your spending and like adjusting your lifestyle. And he had quite a different approach where he basically said he wants you to be able to do the things you want. Like if you like going out to eat and like, you like fine dining, how can you figure out how to budget so that you can do that as much as you want? It's a really interesting approach and I really liked it, but I think listening to different perspectives and podcasts is really motivating, at least for me. We always talk about Elvis as well, but like the funniest thing is when she's being interviewed and someone will say like, you know, how can you budget for blah, blah, blah. Like, what if you want to go on this big trip or you want to spend a bunch of money um, in the fall on new clothing, whatever. And like, I love that her response to that is always like, listen, the easiest way to like reverse that cycle is to make more money, you know? And no one ever says that. Like everyone's always like, stop spending your money. Don't spend it. But then I love that. She's like, why don't you try and make more money? Like, why don't you try to keep your lifestyle and get a raise. Like there are other ways to think about like how to be more financially savvy than just cutting out your fucking latte or like whatever. Yeah, get you know? the latte. So think, That's like they're saying buy the damn latte. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, listen, like Dave Ramsey, there are like quote unquote financial experts out there that will tell you all these different tips and tricks. And like, you said it's important to listen to other people's perspective and to learn and to figure out what works for you. But the key in that statement is like, figure out what works for you Mm -hmm. because you can't do all of it and not all of it's going to make sense for you. And that's okay. Yeah. So it's like figuring out what makes sense and what is actually going to work versus freaking out. You know what I mean? Like fad diets and you're like panicking and you're doing all these different diets and approaches. It's like, everyone has a different idea about like, your physical health, but that doesn't mean you go out and do all of these different workouts. You yes. figure out what works and like what you can be consistent with. All right. What is your relationship with money now after breaking some bad habits? I think my relationship with money is just in a much better place. I look at money as like an opportunity, like opportunity for my future rather than something like I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Honestly, like I, I feel like I used to just view money as like, I, it was never enough. Like I never had enough to do what I wanted or I was never saving enough. I never had enough of it. So it was always like a lack mindset. And now I feel like I've kind of shifted it to more of an abundance mindset. It's really just like we've said, seeing what works for you. And it's a long road. I feel like it's hard to kind of get to a point. I mean, I'm still not hundred percent there. We're all learning. And I think trying to get a better relationship with it is the first step to like actually growing your wealth. So I'll say that my relationship with money is in a much better place, even than it was a year ago. It's, it's great. Same. I feel like I've learned so much in the last year and like even just like us, like randomly you'll text me and you'll just ask me a question like, Oh, do you have a high yield savings account? And I'll be like, wait, what? Like, should I, (laughs) what is that? I don't know. So like, yeah, I, I think my relationship with money is so, so much better than it was even a year ago. And like a lot of that has to do with us giving a shit and like caring Mm -hmm. and wanting to be better. And that's key. And like, you know, having a better relationship with your money is you need to give a shit. Like you need to know what's yeah. going on and like want to figure it out, you know? And like we said, like no one is going to do all of this for you unless you're 
maybe a multimillionaire and you go to like <laughs> a big fund and like have an advisor and all that shit. But like, we don't, and like most people don't. And so I think it's like, yeah, I just think it's really important to have these conversations. And like you said, listen to podcasts and bo- read books and figure out the resources that resonate with you to keep yourself on track because we've done that for like about a year now, both of us. And I feel like fully a different person when it comes to money, like my relationship with money and all of it. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date on everything for the cool girls only podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at cool girls only podcast. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter at coolgirlnews.com. All of our information is linked in the show notes. We would also love to hear any topics you're interested in or any guests that you think would be a good fit for the show. Feel free to send us a DM on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time, cool girls.